Chapter 22 Jerry's mind raced as he stirred the shrimp and vegetables, then checked on the rice that simmered in the adjacent pot. Victoria had agreed to a dinner date. Tonight. She'd be here in 30 minutes. Perhaps he could win her over with his amazing culinary skills. Jerry, his mom called from the living room. I'm headed to rehearsal. She poked her head into the kitchen. No need to wait up. This'll be a long one. Also, can you pick your father up from the airport in the morning? He gets in at 8.10, and you know I'll need my sleep after tonight. Jerry nodded. With both of his parents gone, he'd have plenty of time with Victoria. A half hour later, the doorbell rang. He paused, smoothed his polo shirt, and opened the door. Victoria stood there, a shy smile on her face. Wow, she looked good in that pair of skinny jeans and black sweater. She'd even thrown on a pair of heels. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Victoria. His heartbeat quickened. Come in. She followed him inside, and he guided her to the living room. Smells amazing. What are you making? Shrimp stir-fry. Ooh, sounds good. Do you need help? Sure. Can you keep an eye on the rice? He handed her a wooden spoon. She stirred the pot for several moments. How do I know when it's done? Sorry, I'm not much of a cook. Mom and Marie do most of that at our house. A slight flush crept into her cheeks. That's okay. I do most of it here. By now the rice had absorbed the water in the pot, so he reached for the spoon, then scooped the rice into a bowl. Why don't you take this to the table, and I'll get the shrimp? Sounds good. She smiled as he extended her the bowl. Thanks for inviting me to dinner. My pleasure. They'd hung out a million times before, but never here, and never on a date. What should he say? Hey, I know Matt hopes Adrian will be able to play with the band by the time of our concert, but if she's not, we'd need another string player. What do you think? Victoria frowned. I don't play viola. Doesn't matter, he insisted. I wrote the part in Treble Clef. You can read it. I suppose, but let's pray Adrian recovers. She scooped a bite into her mouth. Ooh, this is delicious. I can tell you're a pro. Thanks. I just threw it together. That wasn't true. He'd agonized over the meal for an hour, then spent two hours at the grocery store to make sure he had the exact ingredients. He raised a piece of shrimp to his mouth and took a bite. Not bad. Victoria set down her fork. Your mom thinks I need a new instrument. Jerry continued to chew. Did they have to talk about his mom on the date? She let me play her Stradivarius, and it sounded phenomenal. There's no way I can buy an instrument to compare with that. Mom has these crazy, lofty ideals for everyone, but sometimes she can't see reason. Of course you can't afford one. She only has one because a rich donor gave it to her after coming to one of her concerts. Victoria fiddled with her napkin. Still, she's right. I do need something now that mine is broken, and Marie's would never suffice for a soloist in a concert hall. I'd never stand a chance at winning the concerto competition, and I've been practicing three hours a day on top of all our rehearsals. I absolutely love the Saint-Saëns. It's phenomenal. She took another bite. Oh, I almost forgot. What are you playing for the competition? He looked down at his plate. Did he dare tell her? On their first date? No, that wouldn't go well. He didn't want to risk her wrath. Um, I'm still trying to decide. Her jaw dropped. Jerry, the audition is in two months. 
You're running out of time. You'd better decide fast. Does your mom know yet that you're competing? No. I'd rather her not find out until the last minute. She thinks I need to focus on my studies. She reached for his hand. You don't have to go to medical school. It's your choice, not theirs. The touch of her fingers on his sent a ripple of excitement through his body. I know, but I don't want to be a disappointment. To them? Or yourself? He swallowed. Good question. The next morning, Victoria couldn't stop thinking about her date as the family drove to church. Was she crazy to consider starting a relationship this close to graduation? But Jerry had been amazing. Everything about the dinner had tasted delicious. And those banana fritters drizzled in caramel sauce? To die for. How had she never known about his culinary capabilities? He could rival Marie. After service, she still replayed every moment of the date as they headed to Gigi and Papa's for Sunday dinner. At the end of the date, he'd walked her to the car and kissed her again, sweet and slow. They'd lingered several moments together until Professor Chang's silver sedan pulled into the parking lot and Victoria had quickly driven away. Hopefully her teacher hadn't seen them. She'd never approve. "'I'm so glad you're here!' Gigi exclaimed as the family approached the door. I was devastated to hear about Adrienne's accident. How are you doing, dear? Not great. Adrian pointed to the yellow cast on her arm. I'm so sorry, Gigi squeezed her tight. I know this must be painful for you, but come on in. I have something I want to show you. She gestured for them to follow her to the steep wooden staircase that led to the second floor. Hold on to the railing, Gigi cautioned. The railing was a rope anchored to the wall at the top and bottom of the stairs. We don't want you to fall down these again, Stella. Gigi, I was one year old, Stella laughed. Nearly gave me a heart attack. As Gigi reached the top, she stepped onto a mat of green shag carpet. Victoria's eyes gravitated to the upper point in the A-frame ceiling and then followed the slope down the angle to where it reached the floor. How many hours had she and her sister spent playing here as kids? The perfect hideout from the grown-ups where they'd pretended to be princesses in a high tower, pirates on a ship, and the March sisters' orchard house from Little Women. Gigi squatted beside an antique metal trunk, tucked away next to the wall. She didn't have room to stand. Let's see what we've got in Maman's affairs from France. She popped open the trunk. Where are those ballet slippers? She pulled out several newspapers dating back more than a half century, a pair of ladies' gloves, several dresses, and a couple of old-fashioned hats. How cute! Adrian donned an oval-shaped hat and batted her eyes in a coquettish manner behind the lace front piece, a hint of her old self peeking through. That was Maman's. I remembered when she wore it to a party. Gigi removed a china doll and several French books. Here they are. She held up a pair of point shoes. Stella, these are for you. They belong to Maman as well. She was a professional ballerina at the Opéra Garnier in Paris for several years, you know. Stella beamed as she fingered the satin slippers. How beautiful! Next, Gigi pulled out a vintage fringe dress and a long rectangular case. What's that? Victoria pointed at the latter. It couldn't be, could it? That belonged to Grandpère Leclerc. Open it. Victoria examined the case. Two latches fastened it at the front, which sprang open at her touch. A maroon velvet cloth blanketed the interior. Her heartbeat quickened. 
hands shaking with excitement, she lifted the material with care. Her breath caught in her throat. Underneath the velvet covering lay an antique violin. She gasped. Unlike her former instrument, crafted within the last century, this one showed numerous signs of age. The outer varnish was worn where the musician's hand had held it. Victoria's fingers traced the curves of the instrument. No perceivable cracks, although a trained luthier would need to give it a proper examination. She plucked the strings, so loose they emitted snapping noises rather than notes. Next, she pulled out the bow, its horsehair yellow with age. Several broken strands hung from the tip. Gigi's face glowed with pleasure. From what Maman told me, he was an amazing virtuoso who used to accompany her while she practiced. A sense of familial pride welled up inside Victoria as she held the old violin. Her musical heritage reached back at least five generations. This is amazing. It's yours, if you want it. Your mother told me your old one broke. Really? Victoria's pulse quickened. I thought you might like something to remember your family heritage when you moved to New York. Thanks, Gigi. Victoria gave her a squeeze. A family heirloom. Of course, who knew what condition it was in or if it would be playable, but it was hers. And girls, feel free to take the clothes and the books. These don't do anyone much good hiding in a dusty old trunk, do they? Merci, Gigi. Adrian scooped up the flapper dress and hat. Louisa ran her fingers along the leather bindings of the old books, then cradled them in her arms as everyone headed downstairs. In the living room, Victoria engaged in combat with the violin. Every time she drew her bow to play concert A, the string unwound and the pitch sank into nothingness. It sounds like a dying cow, Adrian moaned. She crossed her legs in the recliner, the fringe of her flapper dress dangling over the sides. It needs to stick. Victoria gritted her teeth as she twisted the peg with all her might. There! Her jaw relaxed. Maybe now it will hold. She played the open A string. Not perfect, but good enough for now. One string down, three to go. Adrian moaned. This might take all day. Victoria struggled for a few more minutes. This will have to do for now. Do we know who made the instrument? Gigi shook her head. Victoria peered inside the F-shaped holes to read the inscription. She squinted at the faded words. No use. Maybe a luthier with a practiced eye would have more success? As she nestled the violin on her shoulder, she winced at the lack of shoulder pad. This would be a trick to grip it in place. Much to her surprise, the opening line of the Saint-Saint soared from the violin with ease. Although the instrument needed new strings and a thorough checkup, its rich tone flowed from the strings. Strong yet subtle, the violin responded well to her touch. With no need to apply additional pressure, she allowed her right arm to sink into the bow as gravity took over. Maybe this instrument could help her win the concerto competition. A round of applause erupted from the room at her conclusion. Magnifique, Gigi said as tears welled up in her eyes. I'm sure Grandpère would be proud. Can you play the hoedown? Papa asked. Victoria chuckled. That's Marie's genre. She extended the violin to her sister. Marie's face lit up. You're sharing it with me? I'd be crazy not to. After you've loaned me yours the past several weeks, give it a try. Marie began to play a fiddle tune. Papa slapped his knee and Gigi put her hands together to keep the rhythm. Even Victoria couldn't resist tapping her foot. 
A moment later, Papa stood and extended his hand to Gigi. A dance, madame. She rose to join him, pinching the fabric of her skirt like a duchess at a ball. Avec plaisir, mon amour. Soon everyone was dancing. Dad promenaded Mom across the floor. Eddie, who'd arrived for dinner, twirled Stella around the room. This family was crazy, but in a good way. As hard as it was to admit, she'd miss them next year. By now, Adrian was clicking her heels and swinging her hips like a 20s heroine from an F. Scott Fitzgerald novel. Victoria's eyes returned to the violin in Marie's hands. If only she could have deciphered the inscription. It wasn't a Stradivarius. Too different from Professor Chang's. Besides, people claimed to find those all the time, but more often than not, the instruments were replicas. The timbre of this violin, while pleasant, possessed a different quality than that of the Italian masters. Come on! Stella yanked Victoria's arm, which pulled her from her reverie. Don't be such a party pooper! Join us! Victoria gave in. Stella had an uncanny ability to lighten the mood.